Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Bid Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Bidem Yologinde. On this episode, I'll be talking about the recent upward trend in high-profile treason accusations against prominent Russians and even the lawyers representing them, including most recently a well-known cybersecurity expert. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. So to start with, I'll be providing a backdrop for this um, story I'm about to dive into. In recent years, Russia and China have touted their strengthening relationship in the areas of trade and technology, as well as through military ties. However, a history of rivalry and mutual suspicion remains between the two nations as they both seek to expand their economic and strategic influence on the world stage. So over the recent years, China has rapidly expanded its undersea fleet and succeeded in its quest to join the elite club of countries that possess nuclear submarines. China's increasingly potent and active submarine force represents its most significant military challenge yet for the region, and its enhanced underwater capabilities heighten the country's capacity to enforce its territorial claims and hinder U.S. interventions. In its 2019 report to the U.S. Congress on the Chinese military, the U.S. Department of Defense said that civilian research could support a strengthened Chinese military presence in the Arctic Ocean, which could include deploying submarines to the region as a deterrent against nuclear attacks. So this is the um, the backdrop, so to speak, of the, the the story I'm about to dive into in this episode regarding how Russians, prominent Russians, are being arrested on treason charges, and that attack, that those attacks, um, arrests have only increased since around 2015. So back in February of last year, Valery Mitko, who was the president of the prestigious Arctic Civic Academy of Sciences in St. Petersburg, Russia, was arrested and placed under house arrest on the grounds of treason in the form of espionage. In June 2020, he was then charged with high treason after Russian prosecutors accused him of passing classified information to China, according to his lawyer, Ivan Pavlov. So there'll be more details on Mr. Pavlov himself later on in the episode. So on Monday, June 15, 2020, Mr. Mitko was accused of transmitting information that was related to hydroacoustics. So basically the, the, the science behind how sound travels underwater. There were no details on the specific nature of the material it was accused of transmitting to, to the Chinese um, government, but the official Russian news agency, TASS, cited a source who was familiar with the investigation as saying that Mr. Mitko gave China information that was related to, quote, research on hydroacoustics and submarine detection methods, end quote. Mr. Mitko's lawyer said that he had traveled to China over the past several years to give lectures on hydroacoustics at the same university, and his last trip was back in 2018. He said the only documents Mr. Mitko took with him were scientific materials which he used for his teaching activities. He added that there were no secret or classified documents in his possession for that trip. He said he had some documents on hydroacoustics, but they were all based on open sources. He went on to state that Mr. Mitko never passed any documents to anyone and especially not to representatives of Chinese special services with, him, with whom he was simply not familiar. And if a representative from Chinese special services was ever in Mr. Mitsuko's surroundings, his lawyer said Mr. Mitsuko did not know this. According to biographical information that was published by Ross Congress, 
which is a socially oriented development institution that organizes forums and international conventions, Mr. Mitko is a reserve captain first rank, which is the most senior rank in the staff officers career group in the Russian Navy. This rank is equivalent to the captain rank in English speaking navies. From 1963 to 1994, Mr. Mitko was um, a crew member on ships and submarines and was an employee of several Russian naval institutes. Since 1994, when he was transferred to reserve as the head of the Russian Naval Academy's Department of Undersea Information Systems, he has continued his scientific and teaching activities in academic and educational establishments. Mr. Mitko was the head of several scientific institutions, including the Section of Geopolitics and Security of the Russian Academy of Natural Sciences, as well as the Arctic Council of the Eurasian People's Assembly. He also taught at several universities in St. Petersburg, Russia, and he was the president of the Arctic Civic Academy of Sciences, which he and his colleagues created back in 2003. According to TASS, Mr. Mitko was awarded two dozen prestigious medals for scientific achievements. He has authored and co-authored more than 400 scientific papers and two textbooks. His lawyer believes that Mr. Mitko was arrested on espionage charges because he's in a risk group, which includes scientists who carry extremely sensitive information where criteria are blurred and who have international contacts. The investigation into Mr. Mitko's case is still ongoing, and according to the human rights organization handling his legal defense, he was hospitalized on Thursday, June 17, after suffering a heart attack. His health has deteriorated since his initial arrest in June last year. If his case goes to trial, and if he's convicted, he could spend up to 20 years in prison. At least eight other Russian scientists have been arrested and charged with treason in recent years for allegedly disclosing state secrets to foreigners in high-profile criminal cases. That list includes 80-year-old Vladimir Lapigin, a former space researcher at the Russian space agency Roscosmos, who was sentenced to seven years in prison back in 2016 after being convicted of passing classified material to China. On Thursday, June 11, 2020, Mr. Lapigin was released on parole. So after the break, I'm going to talk about another incident, a similar incident that happened three weeks after Mr. Mitko's arrest back in June 2020 where Russian authorities detained a former journalist who was also accused of handing over military secrets to NATO. Stay with us. Welcome back. In another similar incident, three weeks after Mr. Mitko's arrest in June 2020, Russian authorities detained a former journalist who also worked at the country's space agency, Roscosmos, and accused him of allegedly handing over military secrets to the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, also known by its acronym NATO. On July 7, 2020, a Tuesday, Russia's main security agency, the Federal Security Agency, also known as FSB, said Ivan Safronov, a former defense reporter who recently became an aide to the head of Roscosmos, worked for the Foreign Intelligence Service of an unspecified member of NATO and provided it with classified military information. Mr. Safronov was charged with treason and if convicted, he could spend up to 20 years in prison. According to the FSB, Mr. Safronov acted on orders from a NATO security service 
gathered and passed on classified information about the military technical cooperation, defense, and security of the Russian Federation to the representative of the Foreign Intelligence Service of that unspecified NATO member. FSB officials did not disclose further information about the nature of the material that Mr. Safronov was accused of passing on. On that same day, a spokeswoman for NATO said that the organization does not even have an intelligence service and that NATO was not going to speculate on allegations made by the Russian security service against a Russian citizen. According to Russian state media, Mr. Safronov pleaded not guilty in court. Valia Dektyarenko, a spokeswoman for the Open Russia Human Rights Project, said it was obvious that the case was initiated because of Mr. Safronov's journalistic activities and that it was clearly an attack on independent journalists. However, Dmitry Peskov, the Russian president's spokesman, said that Mr. Safronov's detention was not related to his work as a journalist. Roscosmos said the detention was not connected to Mr. Safronov's job at the Space Agency, where back in May 2020, he began working as a communications advisor to the organization's director general, Dmitry Rogozin. So he, was, he worked at this um, agency for about a month or six weeks before he got arrested. So before he took the job at the Space Agency, Mr. Safronov was a prominent journalist for Business Dailies, Commerçant, and Vedomosti, where he reported on politics, military, and space-related topics. The editors-in-chief of both newspapers told TASS, the Russian state news agency, that they were unaware of the reasons for the detention of their former employee. Mr. Safronov was forced to resign from Commerçant in May 2019 after an article he worked on suggested that Valentina Madvienko, the Speaker of Russia's Upper House of Parliament, was planning to step down. A representative for Ms. Matvienko, who has since remained in a role, dismissed the report at the time. Following Safronov's first resignation, several of his colleagues on the politics desk at Komasant resigned in protest. Back in 2007, Mr. Safronov's father, Ivan Sr., who was also a prominent defense journalist for Commerçant, fell to his death from a window of his Moscow apartment building in a case that raised concerns among fr press freedom activists. Russian authorities at the time ruled the case to be a suicide, according to Russian media reports and the Committee to Protect Journalists, which is a New York-based press freedom non-profit organization. So after the break, I will go into the most recent high-profile treason arrest in Russia, which involved a well-known cybersecurity expert. Stay with us. Welcome back. A prominent Russian cybersecurity executive was arrested on suspicion of treason in yet another case that follows the recent spate of arrest on charges of attacking state authority and which some business leaders said risks rattling Russia's IT sector. So on Wednesday, September 29, Moscow's Lefortovo District Court said that Ilya Sachkov, the chief executive of Group IB, which investigates and prevents cybercrime, would be held in detention for two months following his arrest on Tuesday, September 28. A spokeswoman for the court, Anastasia Romanova, confirmed that Mr. Sachkov was ordered to remain in custody until November 27, but said she was not permitted to provide details about the charges and circumstances of the case. In Russia, details about treason cases, which can fetch a prison sentence of up to 20 years, are typically classified. 
Group IB said in a statement that it was examining the court statement but was confident in the innocence of their, of their CEO and his business integrity. The company confirmed that law enforcement authorities had searched its Moscow office on Tuesday, September 28, but the reason for the search was not clear. Group IB is based in Singapore, and the company bills itself as one of the leading providers of solutions dedicated to detecting and preventing cyber attacks, identifying online fraud, investigation of high-tech crimes, and intellectual property prosecution. The 35-year-old Mr. Sachkov, who founded the company back in 2003, is well known in Russia's business and IT sectors. In 2019, he was one of the winners of a prestigious national award for representatives of small and medium-sized businesses who met with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Over the years, Mr. Sachkov managed to attract private investors to Group IB. The company has offices in Amsterdam in the Netherlands, Dubai in the United Arab Emirates, Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, and Hanoi in Vietnam. And its products are used in more than 60 countries, according to the company's website. It is recommended by the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, OSCE, according to a May 2013 statement from the International Intergovernmental Organization, which said that the company had received credible information about the new types of cyber threats. Mr. Sachkov's arrest on charges of attacking state authority is the latest in a series of treason cases brought by Russian authorities in recent years, including against academics, officials, and at least eight scientists. Many of them are accused of passing sensitive materials to other countries in charges that some political observers and lawyers say highlight the government's insecurity and mistrust as it seeks to ensure Mr. Putin's complete control. According to Ivan Pavlov, the lawyer who represents both men I mentioned earlier in the episode, Valery Mitko and Ivan Safronov, what is happening right now is an outbreak of criminal cases on state treason. Mr. Pavlov said that official statistics from Russia's Ministry of Justice show that up until 2014, no more than three sentences were passed per year under the Articles for Treason and Espionage. Since then, around 15 sentences have been passed each year. So after the break, I'll be talking about the uh, an interesting turn of events regarding Mr. Pavlov himself, the prominent Russian human rights lawyer who has defended um, several people that have been um, accused of treason, including Alexei Navalny's foundation. Stay with us. Welcome back. So in an interesting turn of events, Mr. Pavlov, the prominent Russian human rights lawyer who defended jailed Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny's foundation and worked on many high-profile cases, said on Tuesday, September 7, 2021, that he had left Russia due to a criminal inquiry against him. Mr. Pavlov is well-known inside Russia for taking on politically sensitive cases and defending people who were accused of everything from treason to espionage. Back in July, Team 29, which was an association of lawyers and journalists who specialize in cases of treason, espionage, and freedom of information that Mr. Pavlov founded back in 2014, announced that it was shutting down after the Russian Attorney General's office ordered local internet service providers to start blocking its website for allegedly publishing content from an undesirable organization. Russian authorities opened a criminal investigation against Mr. Pavlov back in April 
accusing him of disclosing classified information relating to an ongoing treason investigation against former journalist Ivan Safronov, who is one of Mr. Pavlov's clients. He was barred from contacting witnesses in the case or using either the internet or a mobile phone until the investigators completed their probe. Mr. Pavlov said the, the restrictions imposed on him in connection with the criminal case have gradually made his work impossible. He said that those restrictions, however, don't infringe on his ability to leave the country, and that was a sign pointing to the exit. He said that he was now based in the South Caucasus region of the country of Georgia. The probe targeting Mr. Pavlov was opened shortly after it began representing the Foundation for Fighting Corruption, which was set up by President Putin's longtime opposition leader, Alexei Navalny. The Foundation and the spoiling network of Navalny's regional offices have been outlawed as extremists since earlier in this year. So to wrap up, there has been an increase in the number of treason cases that are brought against Russian citizens since at least 2015. And all of this is pointing to the fact that Russia has been trying to, to stamp its foot down against anyone suspected or accused of selling secrets or whatever the case may be with um, Russia's enemies in the international scene. And now we also see how even the lawyers representing these people are also now being targeted because it's, it's so much of a clampdown that both anyone thinking about doing it or the lawyers thinking about representing them are now being told in no um, indirect terms that this is not allowed within within the country, basically. And the, the recent arrest of the cybersecurity expert also goes to show that no one is spared. So it's either journalists or scientists or cybersecurity experts who, who own cybersecurity companies, even if the company is not exactly headquartered in Russia, they're going to come after you, basically. So um, that's, that's all I have for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Um, catch you next time. So that's all I have for this episode of The Big Picture. The production, editing, fact-checking, audio engineering, and graphic design were done by yours truly. Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity topics, news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can all learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you follow, download, or subscribe to the Big Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please send an email to bdebme at thebigpicture.com. You can also get in touch on Twitter at BeatPicture, as well as on the Clubhouse app at Beat. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now.